Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. I am back home, back at my desk after a very long but very wonderful vacation touring the Southeast, visiting family. If you missed it, check out the episode before this one to hear all about it from Timmy and me. We talk about how he met his long lost brother and just everything we did on this Southeast adventure. It feels so good to be back home though and getting back into my routine. The first couple of days were actually kind of hard. Just, you know, hard to like get back into the swing of things. But All that to be said, my purpose for talking to you right now is to tell you about my next guest who I absolutely loved and she couldn't have come at a better time, Ryan Haddon. Ryan Haddon is a certified life and spiritual coach, clinical hypnotherapist, and certified meditation teacher with over 16 years of experience with clients around the world. She does private workshops such as stepping into your purpose, the work-life balance, and finding your center. She's also the in-house life coach at Kourtney Kardashian's website, Poosh, where she has written more than 50 mind, body, spirit articles. She writes for other publications such as Mind, Body, Green, Authority Magazine, and Parents Magazine. She has been on dozens of podcasts speaking about relationships, self-development, and a purpose-driven life. I was feeling really low when I was talking to her, so it was a really, really good and useful time for me to just vent and figure out how I could snap myself out of the negative thoughts. I actually learned that we have 30 to 60 thousand thoughts per day and that most of them aren't even real. So anyways, it was an awesome conversation and I'm excited for you to listen. Here is Ryan. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's my pleasure. I feel like this could not be coming at a better time because I am in such a funk right now. (laughs) So I'm so excited to chat with you. But I first, before getting into me, (laughs) how you can help me, I just thought we should share just your journey and how you got to where you are today and what you're up to and everything about you. (laughs) Well, it's been a long and circuitous journey, <laughs> but I'm a life coach, a hypnotherapist, a meditation teacher, and um, it wasn't always that way. <laughs> I think anybody who can uh, lead the way or light the way for others has had to go through their own dark nights of the soul. Anyone who's interesting that I know of has done that. And so one mm-hmm. of my avenues to get here was through Hollywood. And through, you know, the flashy, shiny things. And I was married to someone in that world and did all the red carpets and all of that and kind of lost myself a little bit. And I was already lost before that, to be honest. I mean, 20s was just a kind of a trying to find your way and, you know, after college. And it was, it was the 20s were just a little overwhelming, I will say. Mm-hmm. 
And so I reached for things to cope and manage that weren't for the, the highest good, you know, let's say that. And part of that showed up with addiction. It showed up with food mm-hmm. issues. It, food, it showed up with shopping. It showed up with men. It showed up with codependence. It showed up anything that I could grab for so that I wouldn't have to drop into my relationship with myself. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was what was uh, a value, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was mm-hmm. the solution. I just was primed to think as our society tells us a lot of times that um, it's out there. When you get a job, when you get married, when you have the bank account, when you get out of college, you will have solutions. And um, those things sometimes work for a time until they don't. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. some of us, you know, really keep just trying and trying and trying. And really what I was looking for, and I didn't know that I was looking for, and I find a lot of people come through my practice looking for the same thing, which is a spiritual solution. Mm -hmm. And we think it's not in the crystals and the meditation. It's not, it doesn't have to be all those outside things and hour long meditations and bells and chimes and bowls. And I want to say, I love all those things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like the the fun expressions of spirit and they do help drop you in when the ego is in play and they're, they're just conduits. But those, you know, this is not a love and light show, as one of my teachers says so beautifully. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard work, but the relationship is spirituality. We can redefine it as a relationship to self, a relationship to connection to something you and something greater. And it really comes through that first window into you and putting value on your process and what you're manifesting and understanding that you really are absolutely responsible for everything that you're co-creating in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So what was that moment for you? Like, was there a rock bottom and a moment where you were like, wow, I really have to shift my mindset. And what was the first step that you took in trying to make some change towards this direction? I think that the universe is benevolent and it um, gives me lots of red flags on the field and Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention. And that's what happens, right? When you're unconscious, these things just re-keep chroma cave, the same relationship, you know, the same person shows up in sheep's clothing each time, you know, the same wolf. So it's just like these things repeat and repeat and repeat until we get the memo. And for me, there were a lot of moments like that. And then what happens is because the pain is so great and because I'm so separated from relate my relationship to self and I'm still thinking that it's out there through some other guy or purse or whatever it is. I mean, silly, but that, that I'm so, you know, um, compartmentalized from my actual self that I can't, I don't know to drop back into that. I can't, I can't get there. So what I do is I keep trying to anesthetize. And for me, that really showed up in drugs and alcohol. And the beauty of that is that you can bottom out really fast and it's really obvious, you know? Right. Or you can have like a string of really bad relationships for decades. But, you know, with something like that, it's like everyone around you is like, Jesus, what's going on? You know, and I'm right. so, so grateful that my bottom, as the, as you said, it was short, short-lived and it was a crash and burn. And for me, I um, ended up in a jail cell in Las Vegas. I know it sounds very Oh dramatic. my goodness. I know. <laughs> that is like very dramatic and it's part of my I know. story it's 18 years almost 18 years ago now but oh it, was, my God. it was that and and to be honest it wasn't I wasn't even sure I was done that's like mm-hmm. how in denial I was I was still like oh I wonder if I could jimmy myself out of this that, that's what happens you know because right. my self-will was so strong that I was able to continue to find ways of coping and managing and making it work for myself until even that moment. And it was on the news and it was on, it was when we're sitting there and seeing guards watching my mugshot. And I'm like, what the actual is going on? You know? And I'm still like, I wonder wonder if I can keep this going. Honestly, why me? Why in that moment? And why other people don't get it? And why I just think it was grace. And I don't think I was chosen or picked. I just, I had some merit shored up in some way that I, I heard it. I went to a facility and someone said to me, what do you want to do? And I found myself, I'd already had the exit plan. I found myself saying, I'm going to stay. And I was like, what, what? Another moment of like, what do you talk? What do you mean you're going to stay? You're going to do this. You're not, no, you're not doing this. 
And so like, I, I've, I found myself in moments like that a lot in my life where there's two parts of me that are, you know, clearly delineated. One in that moment was the, you know, the addict who was like, we can keep this going for years, you know, and then the right. part of me was probably what I look at now is my higher self. That, that's, that's grace. That is a grace moment. And that, for some reason, that volume on that higher self was turned up. And I don't know why, but it was. And literally from one day to the next, it ended. And I did a lot of hard work, so it's not going to, but I didn't actually think that their solution was back in the past anymore. And I just kept putting one day, one day, one day between what I had been and what I was becoming. And I had a lot of mentors who showed up. That's what, that's another stroke of grace. I had a lot of people who said, lighthouses, who said, look this way. I had a hypnotherapist. I had an incredible, you know, I went through a program that is really strong and powerful, the 12-step program, and I'm still in that program. So, you know, cut to 17 and a half years later, and I'm still doing that and love it. And I'm that beacon for other women who are coming in like that broken. So it's, it's just that is a beautiful cycle of service and receiving and giving back, receiving and giving back. It's a beautiful model. But for me, that worked. It doesn't work for everybody, and it's not the only way, but it did work for me. But I also did a lot of outside things. I did go into therapy. I did have to go into couples counseling. You know, I was deeply sick in my relationship with my person at that time, my husband. I had small children. Another stroke of grace is that they weren't damaged in it. You know, my that, mm-hmm. that can happen too. These, these are things. Of course. That, you know, you're jumping off a cliff and you're taking people with you. So, right. um, so anyway, I did. I had a lot of people show up and I was open. There was an opening that happened. So that was my bottom. And I look back at it with so much affection and compassion. And it's a beautiful moment on my timeline. And there've been many, but I'm so grateful for it. And it's really led me to where it is today. And even before that, it's not like, you know, people sometimes in that 12 step world that say my life began then it didn't, you know, I just turned 50 this year and I'm all of my 50 years. I mean, that 18 year, almost 18 years, but that's just a segment of it. There's been so much, so many adventures to get to this now moment. And I quite like where I stand. So <laughs> I'm grateful for all of it. I mean, it's amazing because it's amazing to not regret those things and not black out those moments or be so ashamed of them because if it weren't for those moments, you may not be where you're at today. I think what you said is also really important and it's so simple, but so important and something that I get caught up in is really taking it day by day. Because I think on these journeys, sometimes things can be so overwhelming. Like the change that you think you need to make in your life can be so overwhelming that you are start to think 10 steps ahead. And then that, just that thinking in and of itself inhibits you from moving forward. But if you can just take it day by day, which is something that I really, really struggle with because my mind is, I'm one of those people I'm thinking, like I said, 10 steps ahead before I even have the answers that I need in order to make a plan, you know? So I'm really, like I said, I'm really happy to talk to you because I feel right now, I I honestly, like I have a lump in my throat. I, I, this year has been for a lot of people where they have really seen their shadows and they have no choice but to really look at themselves because there's been no time. There's been no space. There's been no people. There's been no distractions. And a lot of us have been forced to look at a lot of the demons or some of the, you know, harmful ways we treat ourselves and really deal with them. And that happened to me this year. And I I lost my dad eight years ago. And I don't think I really realized the grief that I was allowing my brain and my body to operate from. I think it was like a very subconscious thing. And so this year I really turned to therapy and I turned to meditation and I even turned to some medication because I was, I was like, I I was crying every single day and I didn't know how to pick myself up. And I feel like from the outside looking in, everything looked fine, but from the from the inside, I was like a mess. And I've done a lot of hard work and I have felt like I was in a really good place. And then last week I had what 
I guess would be considered like a chemical pregnancy where I found out that I was pregnant on one day and then the next day I started bleeding. And this comes after actually two miscarriages already. I just feel like this this low level of like depression and I don't really know how to pick myself up without, I, I just don't, I just don't know what to do. And I feel like in reading about you and in reading about your experience, like you may have some helpful tools that I, simple tools or simple mantras, simple things that I can do on a daily basis that aren't too overwhelming to help myself get out of this place. Because I I usually am able to pick myself up and I just feel like right now I'm not. So, Aww. yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's so brave that you're talking about it because most people like they just go into a shell you know, and retreat. And that's also not just talking about it, but you're talking about it in this format. So other people, so you're being of service and talking about it. So thank you. And, you know, we, we, none of us have it all together and we go through pockets where we hold each other up. And so it's just knowing like, you don't have to have it figured out and absolutely appropriate given what you've been through. And certainly when you realize this very big truth that we have don't have a lot of control. And when you lose a baby or you lose the, the, the hope of that, you know, it reminds you of how little control you have of life on the inside of you and life on the outside of you, you know, when your father passed. And so it's like those kind of that whole swirling of that can make you feel very destabilized. And also just like, what do I anchor into? If, you know, people can pass outside and people can, you know, hopes and dreams can pass from on the inside. So it, I think the first thing is just saying, wow, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I shouldn't be any different than what I am. And it's giving yourself a full wide berth to feel all of it, you know, and not have to figure it out. And this is where sometimes spirituality gets a shit rap, which is I should be feeling grateful. I have everything and I should be this. It's like, ridiculous you know you shouldn't be anything you should just be where you are and so it flipping the lens a little bit like how do I get out of this because none of us want to be in the discomfort you know and there's a fine line between a deep depression where you might need more support right so that's something different and this place where you're like I you know I need more tools I need more tools in my toolbox. And how can that be you saying, you know, and also just surrendering control, you know, surrendering this idea that I should be feeling a certain way and that I can control all things inside of me and outside of me. We really actually have not a ton of control of anything, right? So going back to that idea. So in this moment, I would say giving yourself a lot of space to feel all your feelings, not trying to get out of them is the first thing. And that's counterintuitive to our society, which is like fake positivity, you know, or fake spirituality. So that's one pivot. The second would be like, where, where can I create more room to have all these feelings? Like, where are you speaking to someone? Where do you, what are your safe places? And then knowing that you can become that. How, what's your self-talk? How do you speak to yourself throughout the day? So starting to notice that that's where we create that that climate within ourselves that's kind and friendly and loving. Like, I have got you. I have got you. I know this is hard. So, I, you know, start talking to yourself, not like you're, you know, it's not their personality, but it's like we don't, we have 30 to 60,000 thoughts a day that are unconscious, most of which are just, you know, recycled from the subconscious and many of which are negative, 80 something percent. So starting to notice that of where you're shitting all over yourself and saying, I should be different. I should be over this by now. I already have a child. I'm happy. I should have, I have everything. Like that's the part. Stop that. And just be like, girl, this is so hard. I love you. Take as much time as you need. It's okay. You feel blue. It's fine. What do you need right now? And those are the questions that I would start to say to ask is like, stop focusing externally, start drawing inside and say, what do I need? Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? What would help me in this now moment? Because that can change. And you might need to sit outside in the sun. You might need to journal. You might need a place where you could just have all these feelings, Whitney, and they just come out on paper. And that might be a place where that happens. 
And it's okay. We're not doing it to be productive. We're not doing it to check the box. Oh, I hit the journaling box today. Bing. No, it's about creating that sacred space for yourself so that you can be with you. Right. And then other tools, which, you know, meditation's great. I, I would say that sometimes I don't love when people use meditation to get out of their feeling state. I think that's tough. Breath work is good for that. Breath work going to learn some, someone teaches breath work, these proper ways to breathe through the diaphragm and like counting breaths and things like that are really great ways to access pain, to access that, which we're trying to cover over that grief that you might've had from your dad. That's resurfacing now. I don't know if that's possible. Sometimes these things get hooked on like wagons, you know, on a train. So going deep into it, it's like you've given birth, you know, one of the things that I learned in hypnobirthing is that you can either dive deep under the wave of pain during a contraction, or you can stay above the pain and you can just tread water (laughs) like that. And some of us approach life and pain that way. We either dive deep into it, which we're not conditioned to do, or we stay on the surface. Like when's it going to pass? When's it going to pass? Where's the, where's the life raft? Where's the boat? Who's going to save me? Who's like that? You see the difference between the two is just like, so that's what I'm talking about now is anchoring into it and allowing it to be there and then trying different things every day, having an arsenal of tools, if you will. I love breath work. I do love meditation. I do love journaling. I love a gratitude list. And sometimes, you know, we don't want to be like, everything's amazing. I've got coffee. I've had this. The birds are singing. If it's not your truth, don't write it. But if you start a gratitude list for, I did one for a year and I loved it. 10 things every day. I keep by my bed at night and I just write and it becomes simpler and simpler, Whitney. You know, in those days when you're blue, you go back and look through it and it's like, oh yeah, that nice thing happened. That nice thing happened. And it starts to fill you up. It's a record of subtleties. It's not the big broad strokes of like, yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm, you know, financially secure. It becomes about my latte was hot today and it felt really good to hear the bird. You know, and that's when you start to grow out gratitude and that can really pull you out of a funk pretty fast because what's happening is when you're, when you get to that list at night and you can't come up with the 10 different things, it's annoying. So the next day you start to pay more attention. Where can I find something good? Where can I find something good? And then you're growing out gratitude in real time. And that's cool. You're like, this is going to make the list. The stranger held the door for me. That felt nice. You know, that's going to make my husband you know, took out the trash and I didn't ask him, whatever that is for each person, it's noticing all the good taking place in real time and you're recording it. So those are, so there's, those are some things. And I also love tapping. And if you don't know emotional freedom technique, it's worth looking into where you're, it's, you know, Chinese acupressure and uh, modern psychology where you're tapping on certain meridian points in the body and you're saying phrases that are true for you. Like I am so angry right now. I feel so much pain in my body. But I love and accept myself completely. And then you're moving through these points while you're speaking your truth. And it alchemizes, it transmutes the feeling and allows it to move through your system. So I'm a big, that's another tool in the toolbox. And now a word from one of our brand partners. So finding the right program to help your child learn to read can be really daunting. You have to find something that's both engaging and proven to get results. Hooked on Phonics has been around forever, actually around 35 years, and it has been the most trusted program to help kids learn to read. I have absolutely loved introducing Sunny to Hooked on Phonics. Hooked on Phonics is the learn to read curriculum that uniquely combines an amazing app with hands-on learning materials shipped to your home every month. We have the booklets from them and he loves them. They look like coloring books and games. So he kind of thinks we're about to do a little game, but learning is fun and Hooked on Phonics makes it that way. It really trains your kid that learning is fun. With Hooked on Phonics, you get unlimited access to their powerful reading app along with workbooks that give your child essential hands-on practice to reinforce the skills they're building in the app. Plus, you get storybooks written specifically to build your child's confidence and discussion questions to increase reading comprehension. Reading comprehension was something that I was never 
we're really great at. So it's been nice for me to actually talk to Sonny about what he's reading afterwards to really learn and grow and develop his reading comprehension. Lessons take just 20 minutes or less, and the curriculum is guaranteed to help your child learn to read. Give your child the confidence that reading brings with Hooked on Phonics. Visit hookedonphonics.com slash with wit and receive your first month for just one dollar. That's hooked on phonics, P H O N I C S dot com slash with wit to get your first month of hooked on phonics for just one dollar. Again, that's hooked on phonics.com slash with wit. And now back to our conversation. So there are things that I feel like I I know, but it's so hard when you feel like you have to show up for your kid, for your husband, for your work, and like you just want to run away from it all to take care of yourself, but you don't really, you can't, you know? And I think that that's a lot of this rat race and a lot of the issues that I think women my age and women my position are dealing with right now is that they do really want to take care of themselves, but they don't really feel like they can because they have so many other people to show up for. And would you say taking care of you is the most important thing before taking care of everybody else. Because to me, sometimes I've been saying that. I feel like I say it just to say it. But then when I actually feel like I do it, I feel really selfish. And then I beat myself up about it. And then that time that I took taking care of myself didn't actually work because I just felt guilty Mm -hmm. about it. So what do I do about that? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's real. That's the truth. And I'm glad you called Mm -hmm. that out. I think you know what, find five minutes here and there. It doesn't have to be a lot. You know, it might yeah. some, there's moments in time where we have more time. Some of us have younger kids. I still have young kids. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven and nine. But, oh my God. Yeah. And then I have older ones. They're 19 and 22. Whoa. Those require a lot of different, <laughs> a lot of different areas yeah. of your brain. So, yeah. But the little ones, you know, I, I sometimes bring them in on the meditation. I mean, sometimes they want to do it. Sometimes they don't, but they understand that it's important for me. That's it's I'm better after. And I think Mm -hmm. they know that, you know, so it might only be five minutes of meditation. That's also these ideas of perfection, you know, like it has to look like this or it has to be like that. Five minutes is fine. And guess what? You can do a walking meditation. If you got a kid in a stroller, do a mantra while you're walking each step, you know, bring yourself into mindfulness with your, with, with the stroller while your baby's talking and cooing and like, that's such a heavenly sound, you know? And so like, just what, use what you have. There's no reason not to, but that mom shame thing, it's like, we can't give away what we don't have. You, you are the anchor for everybody. And it's a mm-hmm. lot, especially if you're running a business and mm-hmm. you know, you are, you're the matriarch. You're the, the one that everyone looks to the nurturer. If, you know, if that's the, or the, the Father might be that. It doesn't have to be male or female. Mm-hmm. Like of course. Whoever, there's, there's usually one person in the family who everyone looks to for certain mm-hmm. things. And it's mm-hmm. hard to give those things away if you're not giving them to yourself. So knowing mm-hmm. that get creative about it. It doesn't have to look like what certain biohackers are doing on Instagram. Like that can be overwhelming. They're doing this, they're doing that. They're like, God, I don't stand a chance. I just like take a shower and I feel good about myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're eating clean and I'm eating like chicken nuggets off my kid's plate, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's like we can only do what we can do and we're and just embrace it just drop into it and then find those little lifelines of what they mean for you and make Mm -hmm. them make sense for you and where Mm -hmm. you can bring your kids in and Mm -hmm. if it's going to get a haircut if it's getting a massage it's like whatever that is it's like and then work with that guilt what is this about get curious why am I still feeling guilty why can I not allow myself to have this pleasure outside of them mm-hmm. because I'm a whole human being outside of these people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think you forget that. Yeah. yeah. I think that like you, I, I have always had a really strong sense of self. And I think after I had a kid, I, I, and even now I, I struggle to figure out like what, what, makes me happy. Like, what are the hobbies? What are the things that, you know, my husband will walk around and read a book or go play golf, or it feels very easy for him to tap into the things that make him feel centered and that give him space and that allow him to come home with a free mind and 
you know, an easygoing attitude. And sometimes I find myself being like, I don't even know what those things are, what that looks for me. Even today, I said, I want to sit down. I want to work for whatever it is, five hours. I would like this afternoon. I know that I need some time for me, but what is it that I should actually do? (laughs) And I know that you can't answer that question because, you know, to, to each their own, everybody has different things that make them feel whole. But I think even some of the things that you said, whether it's, you know, going on a mindful walk or like I live in Los Angeles, heading to the beach and sitting there and maybe coloring or doing a yoga class. Like I, I know those things sound easy and obvious. And we've, I've talked about them a lot on my podcast, but it's, I keep coming back to those things. Cause I think those are the things that actually work. How do I tap into those subconscious thoughts that I don't even know are happening and try to retrain my brain to not think those ways. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. Well, it's like I said at the beginning of this, we didn't know that that was an interesting thing to do before. See, because here we are, we're talking about getting into our thoughts. Whereas Mm -hmm. before, for the whole world has trained us to be externally focused. So this is that pivot that you're saying you're, you're talking about, you're doing it. I would say make a list, make a menu. Each person who's listening, make a menu of what fills you up. That mm. way when you're in a funk, because you don't want to do anything, you're like, yeah, just Netflix, being, you know, and, but maybe that's exactly. not, I don't know. But make your menu out of things and give yourself lots, like some are 30 minutes, some can be five minutes, some are 10. So just have like a wide variety of like, Maybe it's just, you know, making a coffee and sitting outside and, mm-hmm. and, and feeling that sunshine on you, you know, mm-hmm. make your menu so you have it. So it supports you in those moments of need. And then maybe you pick something off of it. That's either time appropriate or that feels appropriate in that moment. That's, that's, a, good a, good, idea. that's a good thing to do. So you don't allow your mind to dictate what's next because mm-hmm. the mind is not the, the mind is not the servant. It's the servant of the soul. You know, it's the servant of the heart. It's not the command center. So our thoughts are interesting, but we don't want to give them too much weight because it's like a fucking monkey mind, honestly. <laughs> it is. It just jumps from thought to thought. Think about this. Like you sit for meditation. You know, that's why everyone says they hate meditating. Everybody says it. Believe me, I'm a meditation teacher. Everyone comes to it. Oh, it doesn't work for me. It's not good. You know, um, because it's painful because you sit there and you're trying to be quiet and then your mind is just off-gassing. And this is a really important word to know. It's just off-gassing. It's what it does. So it's not you. Mm -hmm. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are passing through on the screen of your mind. You can just Mm -hmm. observe them and say, I don't like that thought. Pick another thought. And you get to choose them. And that's what meditation does. That's why we do meditation because Mm -hmm. we become the observer and we don't become, you know, identified with every thought like say you go out, you wear you got your great outfit on and then you run into someone. You're like, oh gosh, you said that. I'm so fat. Oh my God, I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. These jeans. Why did I wear these jeans? I wonder why I was wearing them. It goes like that. Do you see like that runaway train? And then we mm-hmm. think that that's us thinking that it's not. It's mm-hmm. just the mind just jumping like a monkey from branch to branch to branch. Instead, mm-hmm. you'd notice that and you'd say, oh, wow, look, I'm doing that. Stop, breathe, get centered. I like how I feel. She mm-hmm. looks beautiful. I feel good enough. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you find you're still in an obsession, you say that I'm still in an obsession. I'm still obsessing over this, but name it that. So it's, you start, then you start to create a relationship. And I promise that every time you pattern interrupt, these are neural pathways that we've etched of continual thoughts of not enoughness. It's usually everybody has not enoughness. I mean, I made that example of like us compare women, comparing ourselves to other women because it's, it's, it can be pretty rampant. And we don't always realize it. So these are neural pathways that are etched. So every time, and this is quick people, every time you start to know that and renegotiate that thought, it will shift. And all of a sudden you'd be like, wow, I don't think that anymore. Wow. Mm-hmm. I feel different. You know, so this is how we have this, these positive, how we shift our thinking from negative to positive, but we can't mm-hmm. catch every one of those thoughts. And we certainly can't you know, we don't want to be doing that all day long because it's exhausting. Right, right, but right. Where you can, if you have a feeling that's negative, ask yourself, what was I just thinking? So you can trace it back like Sherlock Holmes it back. What was I just thinking? Oh, I was just thinking it's never going to work out for me. Nothing good ever happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And there you see a subconscious belief 
that's just like regurgitated and it's created an entire feeling and a mood and then an action because you're going to do a behavior. So it's really just understanding you are absolutely responsible for all of it. So we want to get curious and we want to get compassionate and we want to create space and we also want to do that work. And now a word from one of our brand partners. I'm so happy to be talking about Love Every. Love Every has these awesome play kits that are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. We have been using them all throughout quarantine and sunny loves them. I feel super confident knowing that I'm actually giving the best start with a convenient plan for playtime. I just talked about Hooked on Phonics. That's obviously really beneficial when it comes to reading and learning. But if you want something a little bit more playful, you've got to check out Love Every. Here are some reasons why I love them. It gives Sunny more confidence and it gives me more confidence. So It's hard for me because I'm not a teacher. I don't always know exactly how to be teaching Sonny or what kind of activities or lessons I should be giving him, but this really takes the guesswork out of supporting his development. The play kits actually get delivered straight to your home and they're super modern and minimalistic in their design. So you don't have to worry about tons of clutter and chaos, which is something that I definitely think about on a daily basis. It's really more than just a box of toys. It's like a support system for the family. It's so nice to be able to have them to lean on. They're super safe and sustainable, thoughtfully crafted to deliver the quality your child deserves. They're delivered straight to your home every two to three months, starting at only $36 a month. Activate free content tailored to your child's age and get a peek inside the play kits at Love Every's website. Visit Love Every, that's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash with wit to get started. Again, that's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash with wit to get started. And now back to our chat. So I feel like I really trust myself and I feel like I really trust my opinions and I really trust my thoughts and I feel like what I'm thinking is true. And it's just so hard for me to retrain my brain to be like, no, your thoughts aren't true. (laughs) And then that makes me feel like I can't trust myself. Mm. Do you get what I mean? And so I I just don't know how to figure out what thoughts of mine are really how I'm feeling and really who I am and what thoughts of mine aren't. And I feel like that that way of thinking is what then triggers insecurity in myself because I feel like I can't trust myself. So how can I start figuring out what I actually think to be true? Yes. Why don't you think you can trust yourself? That's a very interesting phrase to bring up around your thinking. I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm so consumed and it's scary for me to say because I preach not caring about what other people think, but I think that I am so consumed by what other people think or what other people perceive and I'm not sure that I'm not sure if what I'm doing is based on my true wants and needs, or is it based on what other people think I should be doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, Yes, it does. Yeah. This is good work, Whitney. This is good. So Mm -hmm. I, maybe you start to figure out what your values are Mm -hmm. and then you can see what, how your actions are in line with those values. That's, that's first how you start to understand yourself. Like this is that blueprint. And also then you start to see where in your life you are doing things for others and noticing those thoughts. So it is, I think you can make a decision to trust yourself. If the climate that you're marinating in is kind and loving and accepting, Mm -hmm. you will not Mm -hmm. trust yourself because you'll be constantly betraying yourself with your thoughts And then you wouldn't trust yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're holding yourself, that's not good enough. Why did you do it that way? You just said that. Now they're thinking this. Like, so that's where you see these are all energy leaks. These are all places where we give our power away. So I think just putting a cone of acceptance around this and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to just start observing this. And maybe you take note. Another great way, you start with your values, but another great way is to find out what are your habitual thoughts 
because mm-hmm. they're running your life and we all have them. We all have those phrases like controlling narratives of how people see us or mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So figure out what those phrases are. And those I guarantee you are your subconscious belief systems and they run and operate. Mm-hmm. That's the operating system in your hard drive. Do you know mm-hmm. So you'd want to figure out what those are for you and then create their opposite. You know, we're really having a coaching session here because if you like it. No, <laughs> this is am- yeah. so amazing. You figure out what your opposite would be. And mm-hmm. those are your affirmations. Now I don't love affirmations because people do them when they're in this beta state, which is right now mm-hmm. we're talking and it's just like, blah, blah, blah. and mm-hmm. actually the subconscious doesn't record, doesn't, shift and change unless it's in theta. So you can drop yourself into theta. I'm a hypnotherapist. That's what I kind of sort of the the milieu that I work in is dropping people into theta state, but you can also do it yourself Mm -hmm. by doing breath work after a meditation. That would be the time Mm -hmm. to say affirmations to have them actually get legs and take root so that Mm -hmm. you can shift. It's not like I'm amazing. I'm so powerful. Like you're just saying that when you're looking in the mirror, your subconscious is calling BS on that. It's like, no, you're not. I know better. No, you're not. So it, that's why they don't be like, this isn't working. Well, that's why, because it, you're not doing it in the right brainwave activity state. That's what beta, mm-hmm. alpha, theta, and delta, everybody knows delta sleep. So when you're falling asleep at night, you're dropping through those states to get into delta. So as mm-hmm. you're falling asleep at night, that would be a great time to say those affirmations. I love and accept myself completely. You know? That makes so much sense. I, I don't know about delta, beta, theta. Can you just explain those to me really quickly? It's kind of boring for those who are like, what? Who cares? No, I think everybody will want to know. We're all in these brainwave states all the time. Gamma is when we're super lit up. Beta right now, you and I are just talking where our brainwave activity is, you know, pretty, it's moving pretty quickly. So it's not absorbing things. It's more about output. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Below that is alpha. We can drop through that when we space out, when we're like, driving from A to B and we don't know how we got there. So we go into hypnosis quite a lot throughout our day. We just, we just don't call it that. We call mm-hmm. it trans or spaced out or when we're imagining things, mm-hmm. we're in that state too. So in those states, we start to become more absorbent to what's going on around us. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then below that in meditation, you drop into alpha in a really deep meditation, you go into theta and theta is that magic state when you're zero to seven years old, how old's your, your child? He's almost four. Okay. So he's in theta all the time. So from zero to seven, they're in theta because guess what? They're categorizing, quantifying, and compartmentalizing the world that they live in. Mm-hmm. So they're absorbing. They're in that theta state constantly. But after seven years old, we pop out of that mostly. So we're not living from that place all day long. So this is the time where we pick up messaging of love and security and safety. And so a lot of times you'll find as adults... You know, we picked up some messaging during that that period of zero to seven that wasn't necessarily, isn't necessarily for our highest good. And that's where we find we get at odds with our subconscious. Mm-hmm. The conscious mind wants one thing and the subconscious has all those recordings from zero to seven of something else absolutely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it overrides the conscious mind. And it says, this is what we're doing because it's trying to keep you safe. It's our ally, but without awareness, it can really reroute things. And it's not always what we consciously want. Like say someone wants to, you know, bring something into being Mm -hmm. or have this wonderful relationship, Mm -hmm. but the subconscious has different memories and tapes and ideas and recordings about what love and security and safety look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Cause I feel, and I've never really been able to put like a word on it or have it make sense, but I feel like so much I'm operating from this beta place, I think, which is the output where even though I'm, I am having this meaningful conversation with you and I'm listening to you and I feel like I'm taking it in, I'm also thinking about what's the next question that I have to ask you or what's the next thing I have to do after this. And it's for me in, in the role that I'm in, it's a lot of output. And I don't think that I'm tapping into that lower level where I can actually really tune into what's really going on around me and inside of me. And I think that that's really important for me to realize and try to tap into more. When you were talking about the Delta state and about that state being a good time or going, you know, before sleep, that Delta being a, sleep. Yeah. yeah Delta, Delta, Delta sleep. Slow. Okay. Yeah. Well, Theta this, is that magic time. Theta. Sorry. It's yeah, always weird. It's okay. It's okay. So 
I know you have some tips for ending your day right, where you can really set yourself up for that Delta, you know, Mm -hmm. space. What are some of those things that we can do so that we can take advantage of that time? Yeah, I think, you know, some people like moms, it's hard to get up and create. We have this idea that a meditation practice should happen in the morning. Yeah. If you don't do it, you're like, oh, forget it. I guess I'll have to start it tomorrow. Right. Because we have to get up. We have kids climbing all over us, breakfast, get out to school, like all those other things. And that's just not, and some incredible moms set their alarm earlier and get up at 5 a.m. I'm not one of those people. It ain't me. Yeah. Because if I get up at that time, my kid's up at that time. So I'm like, no. Exactly. So it happens at night sometimes, you know, and that's okay. So I guess it's another, it's another pivot where we say, you know what, it can happen at any time. So I love nighttime because we are naturally shutting down. So it would be, you know, the obvious tech, you know, I don't always do this. So I'm saying this and I want to be in alignment with my own truth. Of course. No, no. But sometimes I'm on my phone and I'm looking, you know, I'm going back and forth. I'm responding to people that have on my posts. And I, you know, I love to write these like blog posts on my Instagram and my followers are very kind. They allow me all these thoughts and feelings and things. Mm-hmm. But usually I'm responding to that because it's a community that I'm building there as I'm sure you have the same, right? They're my people. It's my mm-hmm. tribe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do that at night. But a lot of times it would be like, okay, so put the phone in the other room. That That's ending at a certain time, uh-huh. right? And there's been times where I've been really di- diligent about that. That's over there. And then so it would be mind, body, and spirit. So how do I relax the body? What works for me? It's a bath sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. You know, I love to do a roller. I love to do a roller because I love to roll out. I always feel like my back is, you know, I believe in chakras and I'm, I don't believe in, they just are there. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I'm like, I believe in chakras. Yeah. <laughs> they're there whether I believe in them or not. You know, they're, totally. they're, they're energy centers in the body. And I believe that I like to open them. And I, so I roll my back out and all my vertebrae. So that's one thing I just, that's a body. That's the way I worship my body. So that's one way. Mm-hmm. And then you can go right into like journaling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful way. Like, how do you feel? What's going on? What were the winds of the day? What were the, where did you think something could go better? Mm-hmm. And then so then it's just like a, a kind of a brain dump mm-hmm. and just drop and leave it there. And whatever, I might make a little note of something I have to handle the next day with someone, you know, I really need to drop back into that. So it's not something I'm taking onto my pillow with me. Mm-hmm. It's something that has an out as a place that's constructive. It's over here. It's on a paper. Mm-hmm. And I might go into my 10 gratitudes you know, and write those 10, I might do one or the other. I might do both. It depends on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's like my, we're doing body, mind. And then the spirit part is I'll lay on my back and do breath work. Mm-hmm. I'll just breathing in and breathing out. And I might say a mantra, breathing in and breathing out. It's just that simple. Pick one of these things. If you don't want to do all of them, sometimes we have just, we set ourselves up for, you know, I got to do all of this and I don't do one of those. So I'm like, forget it. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just pick one thing. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just bringing yourself into awareness Mm -hmm. with you, Mm -hmm. whether it's through breath, whether it's through the mind, whether it's the body, whatever that is. And then when you lay down to go to sleep, as you're going to sleep, repeat a phrase that's uplifting to you. Because again, you're dropping through those brainwave activity states and it's super fertile Mm -hmm. when you're dropping into that theta. Mm -hmm. Remember, but right Mm -hmm. before you get into delta. So those would be the times you'd say something, I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. Right. Right. Oh, I love who I'm becoming. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm so grateful for my life. Like uh-huh. those would be, and then you go to sleep and that's, you've just impregnated your subconscious mind. Uh-huh. That makes so much sense. I, I mean, I think it's so important because I've been fighting that because I am also one of those people I'll wake up and I feel like I need to immediately get to it. But I, I have so many thoughts. I have a to-do list. I want to get this done, this done, this done. I'm like, but I need to work out first. I need to meditate first. I need to sit and have my coffee first. And I'm like, no, not after talking to you, I'm realizing that like I'm asking something of myself that doesn't really feel natural and it doesn't feel like the right time for me because I'm not really it I'm not allowing myself to get into that state because I I have so many other things going on through my head so at nighttime really should be that time when I feel like okay I've had a full day I've been super productive I've had time with my family and now I can actually allow myself to relax and like dig into those positive affirmations and and things that's so important and i i i think feel like i've been fighting against that cuz everybody's always like get it done in the morning get it done in the morning but like 
what does it really matter? Right. It doesn't. doesn't. Plus our sleep is so important. And if you think about it, if, if you flip it, putting yourself as like we said, and like using your, your brainwave activity, maybe this could actually work for certain people that doesn't work in the morning when their brainwave activity is already way engaged. Like right. you're saying, right. So right. It's not thing about for success. And it's one more shaming thing that we do. Like I'm not doing it right. You know, and we're, let's just abolish that. Take a look at your life. How many pockets of our lives are we still doing that? This is mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. This is done. There's no perfect way. Just do it. Just do what feels good. If you want to exercise at noon, do it at noon. Like, right. Right. You just really feel into yourself mm-hmm. and what works for you. And maybe you're doing a type of meditation that isn't conducive. You know, right. there's four different kinds of meditation for the school that I've, that I went to. Like, maybe you're not doing the one that works for you. That's Zen and you should be doing transcendental, or maybe you'd be better with doing Kundalini yoga or Tai Chi type of meditation or breath work. Like it's feel into it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we're not just like rudderless and anchorless out there looking, you know, you know. Yeah. That's so, so true. that's the part that I would love everyone to be empowered in this conversation. Please find ways to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. This is a tumultuous period of time on the mm-hmm. planet. Mm-hmm. Good things are happening. It looks like chaos, but there's an ascension. There's a spiritual, there's people are coming to, they're having their coming to Jesus moments. Mm-hmm. I'll use that expression. They mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. And people are healing and people are renegotiating their lives and mm-hmm. things, other things are at play mm-hmm. simultaneously while all this chaos is unfolding. Mm-hmm. So just keep anchoring into you. Find the tools in the toolbox, like I talked about. Find ways to self-soothe. Start getting curious about how you think and how you feel. Mm-hmm. Start mm-hmm. noticing your thoughts. Shift your practices around to suit your lifestyle. And really start trusting yourself and make that inner self-talk. Make that relationship to you the most important one because everyone benefits when that's a priority. It's so true. It's so true. I'm so appreciative of this. Let Tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, anything about you. Come follow me on Instagram. That's my favorite place because I feel like it's really my home in the sense of how I think and feel and mm-hmm. I'm connecting with people. So I'm at Ryan Haddon Coach. And then my website is ryanhaddon.com. So you can just look there. And I just opened a shop, which I'm so excited about, Whitney, because I'm, I've always wanted to open a shop. That's but so I open these cool. all the necklaces that I've curated with, I have different intentions around them, protection and love, protection and find your center and open the heart. So there's all those. And then also um, I have an ebook out called 10 Simple Ways to Fall in Love with Yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's all exercises through that. And we talked a little bit about hypnosis. So there's some also some recordings. So if you're curious about hypnosis and how it feels, mm-hmm. you can get one of those and just like a meditation, listen to it and drop yourself into that theta state. I will. I will for sure. (laughs) Honestly, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.